ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and today I have a special guest from California, Robert Butwin. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you, Janice. I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. Me too. I have so many things I want to ask you. So I want to tell my audience a little bit about you first. Um, you grew up in a family of successful business people and self-made millionaires. And I'm just going to add a question to that right there, probably through traditional um, types of businesses. Yes? Yes. Yes. We okay. started the high school ward cheerleading jacket business in the 1930s. I was the oldest son of the third generation. Oh my goodness. Now I've got other questions I want to ask you. Okay. Early in his business life, Robert made a crucial decision to leave behind all that country club smart way, ways of his business upbringing and pursue the more personally satisfying, financially secure profession of network marketing. He entered the network marketing field on a part-time basis 35 years ago. And I think most people enter it part-time, right? They don't really um, know what's yes. going on, a full-time thing. After recognizing its potential and learning the ropes, he became a full-time network marketer. And I love this. He is psychologically unemployable and has not worked a job since September 7th, 1990. And uh, Robert has had a successful career that has earned him the respect and admiration of colleagues throughout the profession, has been associated with several um, network marketing or MLM firms, and each time become one of their top income earners. He is active in leadership roles with several organizations in the industry and has been honored into, and been put into the MLM IA Hall of Fame. There's more and travel and so many things in here, but I want to just skip to the very last thing where Robert and his wife, Bonnie, who I know is also a business partner because she does all the support work for him, yes. um, live in the beautiful wine country of Northern California. He walks his talk, living an incredible lifestyle that includes, before COVID, playing basketball most weekdays from 11 till 2 and spending time with his two grandsons. I love this. It's so personal and it says so much about you, Robert. So thank you for sharing that with me and my audience. The first thing I want to go back to is something that you said that I didn't realize we have in common too. And to use a Yiddish term, the Shmata business. Yes. <laughs> so my father was a clothing manufacturer and I grew up um, in his factory, basically doing, you know, any job I could do as a teenager. But then because it was ladies clothing, I used to go and shop there, you know, as I got into university and I, I two things used to come from that that I think you'll appreciate. One is whenever I'd go shopping in the factory, my dad would always say, I don't care what you try on or what you pull out, just put it back where you got it from. And number two was I could never bring anything home that I'd gone shopping, you know, uh, retail wise um, 
without him looking at it and saying, it's not made properly, take it back. He would always look at the inside. So I grew up with that. So your uh, family were in the clothing business too. Definitely, yeah. Um, we started the high school with cheerleading jacket business. I started off with buying fabrics, then went into production engineer, design and sales and marketing. And I like sales and marketing the best. In fact, I designed one of the most famous jackets that's still out there today. Okay, go ahead. Oh, you mean like a, a team, a, the, the one, the melting cloth with the leather type of jacket? That was what we were famous for. And when I got in, you know, remember this is back 1970. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I like to play sports. And yes. back then, you know, all the old guys were wearing what they called a surcoat. Well, if you're playing sports, you want to have something a little more stylish. So I designed it taking off of the leather sleeve jacket, but it was all uh, the Oxford nylon quilt. Oh, okay, got baseball it. Baseball looking style, yeah. Got it. Okay, love it. Okay. And um, see, my dad did a lot of that kind of stuff too. So it, it brings a, a, a fond memory for me. The other thing I want to talk about really briefly, but I know that bonded me with you also when I first met you, uh, was basketball. And as Robert sits, um, I can see him on Zoom here in his office and uh, uh, has a framed uh, Michael Jordan um, uh, jersey. And what's the other one there? I can't see Bill it. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. So he it, has uh, two framed jerseys up there and he's a collector. He has a Michael Jordan uh basketball card that's worth a lot of money that he just shared with me so most people i've talked to that that um collect baseball cards and things but you're a basketball um aficionado do you follow basketball now i'm a golden state warrior we, we follow the golden state warriors living in northern california my wife do. is a very avid basketball my son played for his high school team they were two games away from the state of california high school state championship playing for the state championship in the, their division very so I still play, yeah. Yeah, I love that, that you still play. My husband was a coach, a high school coach for 35 years. My daughter played uh, in college and uh, then she wanted to try and play further. And she went over and got a tryout in Croatia. And she, she went there, brave thing that she was because nobody spoke English. And she tried out for this team there. She was only six feet tall and she's a center and a post player. And she wasn't tall enough, but she did get to play with them for a month. And it was really quite fun. So I was quite proud of her for doing that. So enough of that. So um, network marketing, one of the loves of my life too, but also one of the frustrations in my life. And I know you've had a lot of success with it. And I... I know that now you are what people call a master connector. And tell me your secret to uh, success in MLM in, uh, in connection with building relationships, I would say it has to be. Well, I mean, as far as MLM, and again, I'm a pretty good marketer and I'm an excellent networker. And so we'll talk about networking because I think in business you need both. You know, I mean, I learned a lot because of the, in the MLM arena that is applicable to all kinds of business. So as a marketer, I mean, it started off mailing cassette tapes as far back as that goes. I mean, yeah. you know, and the key that we learned is because when we started mailing, there was only a certain percentage of the population that would ever buy something through the mail. Sure. So we had to have a targeted list. 
in the original tape that we originally, cassette tape that we originally started mailing, um, the guy had it called the Ray Cassano tape. Well, that doesn't do anything. So we had to put a headline on the tape so that when people, when we sent it to people, they would open it. So um, again, there's a whole thing around marketing. You know, the, the um, headline is, is the major thing. You grab somebody's attention, then you're able to tell a story. But networking is what I really like because that's my bread and butter. It's developing relationships, meeting people, you know, and one of the biggest mistakes that most pe people make is they focus on the transaction rather than the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've, I earn referrals or earn the rights to, for people that want to do business with me based on coming from giving. How can I be a trusted advisor? How can I give to somebody something that's going to benefit them? I'm not focused on me. You know, the, you know, the key is if you take me and flip the M upside down, now you've got we, you know, the synergy, <laughs> collaboration, connecting. The, I couldn't agree with you more. I was just trying to find something that I posted on um, LinkedIn uh, yesterday, I think it was, or a couple of days ago. And it was basically um, one of my mentors in, uh, not, you know, just somebody I follow really um, in uh, the, business world today, and I can't find it now, is, um, oh, I know where I posted it. It was Simon Sinek. Yes. And, right, and he said something about get, um, sending out to give, right, with no expectation. And I totally believe that because when you send out to give, whatever it is, um, with no expectation, it comes back to you tenfold, but it may not come from where, where you sent it. It may come from somewhere else, from somebody else or something, which is, is um is a really great philosophy to have and i i hear it in what you say you love to help people and but how how do you um how do you gain someone's is that how you gain their trust yeah you got to demonstrate it it's like when i first started conversation it's something like how can i be of service let me find out more about you so that i can figure out something that i might be able to do see a lot of it goes back to my belief i believe that I can help anybody and everybody, no matter who I start into communication. You know, it, it just so happens, um, one of the people that I learned from is, my mom was actually in his sister's wedding was Harvey McKay. He okay. wrote many different books, How to Swim with yeah. the Sharks and Duck and yeah. Eat Alive. But again, you know, we've all heard the expression that your net worth is in direct relationship to the value of your network. So the point is, how do you bring more value to your network? I mean, if nothing else, I can help people understand how to make better connections, how to um, uh, authentically connect with people because they, people can feel it. People, I, I, from what I've experienced, are much more sensitive. And if they feel that all you're looking at them for is with money signs on, that's going to, you know, repel them from wanting to do business with you. Mm -hmm. So I focus on what can, what can I do to be of value and service to the other person? How can I be a trusted advisor? Yeah. So um, the majority of people in the network marketing industry, from what I've understood, is um, do it part-time. And there are very few people that become leaders in the industry that do it full time, that make, you know, the, the crazy money that is there to make yep. in that industry. Is it, 
in your mind? Is it because um, there's a lack of belief or is it because it's a lack of knowledge of how to do it? Or is it because, um, you know, the 80-20 the rule kind of thing? You know, I think people at the first point of resistance, because the biggest thing that you're dealing with there is the other person's perception. Quite often people believe it's about trying to sell products. That's not what the business is about. Yes, we want to influence people. We want to influence people why they might want to use the products, why they may want to do this as a business. I mean, think about it. For the average person, if that gets into business, number one, if they use the products, like for example, I've always used nutritional products, for example. If I would go down to Whole Foods and I buy nutritional products from Whole Foods, um, and again, the quality is probably very close to the same, maybe the network marketing is slightly better. But in the meantime, can I write off the can I write off what I buy at Whole Foods? But at my own network marketing company, I can write that off plus other things if I'm legitimately in the business. Right. I mean, the statistic used to be the average bankruptcy would have been, I think it was 80% of the bankruptcies would have been avoided for an extra two to four hundred dollars a month more. Mm. So just that extra part-time income. Mm -hmm. Now, the more you do it, and with social media out there, it's a lot easier to become full-time as long as you've got the right mentorship. Ah, you just said something though, that's really important because I know for me, my first foray into network marketing was with somebody that uh, had already, had also just begun network marketing and it was like the blind leaving the blind. And the person that signed her up was on a plane coming home from Hawaii and he lived in California and he didn't do much to help her or me. So um, there's sort of two schools of thought. One is, you know, you need that mentorship. The other one is do what I do. And, you, you know, like I know for me with the current company that I am with, um, my upline were never like team builders, like raw, raw kind of team builders. They were more, here's the process, go do it. I mean, you get, I mean, in one of the programs that I'm working, that I'm involved with right now, my upline is somebody that I would never have, if, knowing what I know now about him, I would never want to be involved with them. But I don't need an upline. Right. You know, but in the meantime, they can always help you. But that's, I mean, again, you've got to have the attitude that I'm going to do this no matter what. And it's you your know, business, what, right? It's, it's, yeah. it, it's your business and, and it's mindset. And, you know, I believe if people really understood this business, everybody would be involved in the business. The only reason they're not involved is they really don't understand it. Again, they think it's about selling products. We recommend and promote. I mean, you know, today, based on what happened, for example, Herbalife, based on when Bill Ackerman was trying to take Herbalife down, there's a Netflix thing called Betting on Zero. Mm -hmm. And it really explains what happened there. But the bottom line is most companies have shifted, and especially with what happened with AvoCare, they're more of customer gathers. I like to say it's a more of an affiliate model mm -hmm. with a leverage back end, meaning that you make money for helping the company acquire customers. You know, and obviously you're part of a company, you're it's a subset. And there's a leverage back in for those that want to do it as a business. But most people just want to buy quality products at a good price. Right, right, right. That's so true. Um, but I have noticed that people who 
because I experienced this where my, what I call, or what um, one of my mentors, Cody Bateman calls your MLM blueprint. Mine was low when I started. You have to believe in the model to get past anything else. Well, a lot, I mean, yes, belief is very important. You've got to have belief in yourself. You've got to have belief that this is a viable business. You've got to have a belief in the fact that the product or service that you represent is going to be a benefit to the other person. All those beliefs have got to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, the compensation plan will always work. It's again, number one, attracting those that, you know, and the majority of the people are going to just be customers, but you're looking for those few people that have a vision and that see the bigger picture and that are really serious about doing this as a business. Jim Rohn always say, are you serious or are you just curious? You know, I was listening to John Atheroff. Oh, Atheroff? Yes. The other day, and when he started off in his business where he was just beginning and his mentor said, are you interested in being successful? Are you committed to being successful? If he would have said, I'm interested in being successful, his mentor wouldn't have mentored him, what he found out later, but because he said, I'm committed to being successful. So you've got to have belief. And again, there's so much, you know, so much information you can plug into. In my book, I talk about what you want to do is create interdependent, not codependent relationships. You want to build people, people build businesses. So you focus on attracting people that have a vision and that are serious. And I mean, you can help them develop the mindset necessary so that they'll be successful. And you're always there whenever they call and whenever they need help to be there as a support system for that person. It's been said though so many times, you never know who it's going to be. That's correct. So are you, would you say that you can pick those people out still now in the experience that you have or that you still never know? I mean, you've got indicators that, you, that you've got a much better chance of knowing based on the fact, are they you know, doing the, the little things? Are they incorporating personal growth along with activity? It's a balance between doing and growing. But you know, quite often, the, your, your, your major stars are not going to be necessarily from the person that you bring in, right. but the people the other people bring in. That's right. just the way it seems to work. Don't I know, and why. I can't figure that out really, but it is. It's true, right? Yeah, it's one of those mysteries of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you did you did hit on a really important point that I think that network marketing um, is such a breeding ground for personal development. I mean, that's really what it is. It's growing yourself. I wish I'd have, you know, started 20 years sooner, you know, 30 years sooner even, you know, like the people that I see today, like even, you know, so many people even my kids don't even believe in it. You know, it's, it's just interesting. Um, it's not, they're seeing the lack of your success. I mean, my kids, you know, again, even though I've been very successful, both of them are out in careers that are not network marketing, making some very good money. Yes. They've seen my success. It's hard to say. And then I've seen the other situation where a successful parents, I can think of Richard call his daughter, Laura call is one example. Um, Then I take a look at Don and Nancy Fela, their kids aren't in network marketing. So you see both sides of it. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And as we're talking about the Fela's, 
the Falas were there because both of their sons were tennis pros and they were there at all their tennis matches mm -hmm. because of the freedom of network marketing, mm -hmm. but their kids didn't go into network marketing. Interesting. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting. And you have to wonder though, whether it's because they still wanted their kids to get, you know, the university education and when they're there, that's when those kinds of things happen. I don't know. No. With them, it's not, it wasn't that case, even though they got the education, because he talks about the fact that if you go to school and you spend all this money and what it costs to go to school in relationship, if you get into uh, ML business, you, you're spending a lot less and you've got a much better chance to create the time, money, freedom, all the kinds of things that our profession offers. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, um, and I know you've seen it all because you've been involved with the actual network marketing. Um, uh, weren't you one of the founders of the ANMP as well? Yeah, I was one of the founders of what used to be called the uh, DRA, Distributor Rights Association. In fact, Rod Cook just passed away, okay. but he was the he it was he was the actual founder of it. He just passed away less than a month ago, hmm. and. Um, did that become the AN AM? Yes. Okay, AMP. Yes, that became the ANMP Association of Network Marketing Professionals, right? Yeah. Now I'm um, on the social. I'm on the SNA, which is a so social networking association, which used to be the MLMIA. Okay. Okay. Um, and you're in their Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, tell me what you're. If you're talking to someone for the first time because you're a huge networker and you have a oh well before I ask you that question, do you believe in multiple streams of income? Definitely. Okay. You know, I went I went through back what used to be called IBI that became CEO space. And yes. Ernie Dorman talked about yes, I remember him. income. And I've got you know checks, but you've got to you can't you, as, as, even though I believe in it. You've got to find out what what the other person likes. You can't just sort of like open up your trench coat and say which oh. watch <laughs> would you like. You're of not course. giving any kind of credibility. Right, of course, yeah. But you 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 have multiple streams yes. happening and options for people. But you never, yeah. I love. <laughs> I just reminded me of being in New York. Yeah. <laughs> open the trench coat for the watches, right? Um, so. When you're talking to someone, and I know that it's more about listening and asking the right questions to find out what makes somebody tick or what they, you know, how, and they decide they're going to come and do business with you or be uh, join hands with you, as some people will say in, in whatever uh, business. What advice do you give people to get them started? Or what three things would you say you, you tell people, you ask people to do to get them started? You know, I've got some videos that, you know, that they're all, all on YouTube, but I mean, if they say, yes, I'm interested, obviously the first thing you want to do is, is make sure, I mean, they've got to like the product or service. They've got to see the value of that. Okay. Because if you're trying to influence people, but I mean, even before that happens, I mean, I've already demonstrated some way, I, because most people that I meet, when I meet them, they're not in a network marketing company. So I've shown them that I've, you know, I've done something, some way to help them in relationship to what they're doing. You know, I'm earning the right for somebody to do business is the way I operate. Okay. So when they say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get involved. I want to, 
you know, I find out which books, who they've, possibly, who they've listened to or who they haven't listened to. And then I guide them to the information. And then ultimately, I figure out how to craft their story. You know, everybody's story is, a, you know, similar but different, you know, because you want to be authentic. You want to speak from the heart. You don't need to, you know, talk about crazy kind of stories. Mm-hmm. You want people to understand that this is a viable business. It's a leveraged business model because with technology today, it's totally different mm-hmm. than when I started 35 years ago. I mean, when I started, they used to have genealogies that people would walk into a room and it'd be like the size of a phone book of those top <laughs> leaders. You don't see any of that. I mean, back when I started, people would flash checks. You know, now yeah. the FTC has come down and you can't flash checks. I mean, right. I've never flashed text, uh, checks right. because I talk about the possible lifestyle somebody can create, you know, how you can create some kind of, so to speak, a stream of income that can give you more flexibility in your choices because of income coming in. But so what I want to do and I want to get somebody started is I want to plug them into if the company's got a system. Today, almost every company's got digital marketing messages because really what you want to do is prepare them to take a look at information. Because the information is, you know, by the whichever company, usually is totally professionally done. It's mm-hmm. more professional than it was when I yeah. started. I mean, sure. people are, yeah, duplicating tapes, making yeah. Xerox copies of whatever. Oh, I know. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different world then. Now it's all kind of done for you. You just have to know what to do with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how to, how to present it. And uh, although still, um, okay, here's an example of something that I experienced the other day. Sure. Um, somebody came to a, a networking event online that I was at and they did their one minute commercial and through their one minute commercial, I could tell they were new, they were in network marketing, they were new to the company, they, um, you know, basically did the throw up all over you thing about the company and nobody really listened. Okay. How does, how do you get people to not realize that is not the way to present because they still do the industry harm. I mean, the biggest assets, the biggest liability in our profession, which is ease of entry because it's so easy for the average person to get involved for either yeah. you know, 100 or less, yeah. you know, sometimes a little bit more, it brings, unfortunately, a lot of the wrong element. And um, you're always going to have some people that don't do it right. And unfor- you, you hit the nail on the head. Yes, it hurts the industry. But again, the only thing that you can do is act as a professional. I mean, I've come up with the, what I call the ABCs. It's actually ABCDES uh, squared. Of success, and it doesn't matter what business somebody's in. Now, it works for network marketing, or whatever, and it goes back to what you're talking about. Um, and would you like me to go through it fairly Absolutely. quickly? Absolutely, let's hear it. So, okay. Robert, it's your turn to do your commercial. Is this what you? What this you- isn't no. This isn't a commercial. But okay. Number one, you got to be aware of what you want and aware of what you need to change in relationship to make sure that you get what you want. Quite often, people might be spending too much time on the electronic income reducer meaning the TVs, playing video games, whatever that is. But you've got to get clear on what you want and aware of what you need to change to make sure that you're able to get what you want. It might be reading a book. It might be listing the more um, CDs on personal growth. Mm-hmm. B, and, and here's where the mistake that the person you're talking about made. Brand yourself. Mm-hmm. You want to become the brand, not you know 
the company. Right. Obviously, you want to be selective of whatever company that you might represent, no matter if it's in or outside of MLM, because you obviously want to represent high quality companies. If it's an extension of you, it's part of what you are. C is consistency, constant and proper action. D, digitize your messaging. Now, there's different ways you can digitize your messaging. For example, you could be a blog. It could be a book you wrote. It could be you interview certain people in relationship to whatever business. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things from traditional business people can learn from what goes on in MLM. So you want to digitize your messaging. It could be just, this is a form of digitizing your messaging. Mm -hmm. You a guest on somebody's podcast. That's where I started. Well, I, I mean, I started writing a book and articles, but then I've you know, gone there. E, expose your messaging to the right audience. Mm. You know, it's sort of like when I talked about the cassette tape, we knew that only a certain percentage of people liked to buy nutritional products through the mail. So we bought lists of people that previously had bought nutritional products through the mail. You know, whatever your audience is, you want to target that audience that is going to be the low hanging fruit. S squared Mm -hmm. um, is strategic planning. No matter what it is that you're doing, you want to have strategic planning. And then the other S is systematize the acquisition. And this goes based on whatever profession you're in. Mm -hmm. um, Systematize the acquisition of either customers, clients, or relationships. And uh, retention of those customers, clients, or relationships based on whatever profession you're in. Yeah, that's, that's, it seems so basic, but it makes such perfect sense. It's not as easy as it sounds. You really have to be, like you said before, committed. Yep. And you have to be, um, you have to be constantly learning and you have to be consistent with, with your actions and your activities. Definitely. definitely. And, and mm-hmm. there's so much great information, great speaking out there. And there's so many different opportunities. And again, it's like when you're in a networking group online, you're seeing the people that are able to tell a story and that, that are able to engage. And when I'm online, you know, it's like, I, I focus on a solution. I'm not trying to make a pitch. I'm trying to tell people the things I can do to help them. Now, if somebody else that's speaking in a breakout group, I will have a simple message you know, um, well, first of all, before that, I've copied and pasted things, you know, uh, like a three or four sentence thing that I will put out in the chat. Now, if somebody's speaking, what I do is I was sent a simple private message to that person, we should connect later. Mm-hmm. You know, now, personally, and again, I probably have allowed a lot of great relationships to slip through the cracks, and I get that, but I figure based on what I say, and if I put, tell them we should connect later and what I put in the chat and they're not interested in getting involved with me, that's okay. I know the value that I bring. I know the fact that I can help them change their life if they're open to that. So have you in that chat uh, piece, have you said anything? Like, is it like a little mini commercial that maybe asks questions or is it just your contact info? I just, no, it's, and that's very important. I, I, I use a couple keywords. 
a wizard and superpower are two of the key words. <laughs> I'm a wizard at networking and my superpower is connecting people. Right. And then I put my LinkedIn profile, yeah. which is the most important one, because almost everybody's going to check you out on LinkedIn. Yeah, I agree. And so, so the most important part of a LinkedIn profile, obviously you teach that, is how you set up your profile. Do you right. look like a professional? Right. So I put my LinkedIn profile and I put um, uh, my digital business card. So that right. way, they, you know, again, I want them to get to know who I am so that I don't have to really, I don't want to be pitching people. Right, right. So you want that you want to create curiosity as yes. well. Yeah. And, and um and and then whoever it's kind of like they self-select. Right. But, right. But then the objective the objective in these networking events is meet somebody online and get them offline. Right. That way you can go deeper down the hole. And I tell people when I'm talking to them offline, that's sort of like a first date. Yes. Why does he go on a first date to see if you want a second date? Exactly. You know, is there is there the right chemistry? Is there, um, you know, is there the right strategic alliance or collaboration? You know, one of the things that people I believe need to do is they need to widen their net, meaning that if they are just focused on what they do by developing the right relationship with somebody where they could have another stream of income above and beyond whatever their job is, mm -hmm. assuming that they're open to do that, it's going to help them accelerate everything that they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's really great advice, actually. So do you have a favorite quote? Do I have a favorite quote? Man, I've got a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, a person's character is like a tea bag. You never know what's inside of it until it gets into hot water. People, <laughs> people will show you who they are, what they are, uh, by the you know the way they do. That's one of them. Um, you know, one of my favorite books is or what started me on my pathway was Wayne Dyer's No Limit Person. Mm -hmm. See, once I once I came to the realization that I was responsible for what was going on in my life. See, once you take responsibility for what is, mm -hmm. you can take it for what will be. But unfortunately, most people are in a state of denial. They're not taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I love the acronym of denial. Don't even notice I am lying. They're Ooh. lying to themselves by not taking responsibility. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. I like that. Um, okay. okay um, as we come to a close, I'm going to ask you two questions. One is, and I think I probably know the answer, but... Uh, I'm a big, a big proponent of curiosity and I, I'm a curious person and I, I'm curious about many things. I want, this is a two-part question. One, what are you curious about? And number two, do you think that curiosity is innate or can be learned? When you're saying curiosity, I mean, I'm really not curious about anything. I'm very confident. I, I mean, okay. I don't know what's, I don't know what my future is. It's like a, one of the things I'll tell you, my crystal ball is clear, but it's not crystal clear. <laughs> so I guess, you know, my curiosity would be, you know, at some level, I don't know exactly what my future is. I mean, I've had a great successful past. I mean, one of the things I've learned, you know, it doesn't matter where you start in life or where you are now. The key is the direction you're headed and where you choose to end up. Okay. So um, if I had to say one thing I'm curious about, is there life, is there really life after death? Mm, okay. 
That's yeah. interesting because I would have thought that you would have talked about you being curious about people because your your sort of modus operandi um, is finding out about where people fit, right? And knowing more about them to fit into what you're doing. So I would think that that would have come, but this, you took it on a bigger scale, which, which is kind of cool. So do you think it's innate curiosity then or a learned thing? Because you just said you're not a curious person. And I, I take that in a certain way because I have my own feelings about it. What do you think? You know, again, I think it's confidence. I, I, I would say it's probably, um, you know, some people are curious, some aren't. I mean, okay. You know, Okay, that's, that's a good answer. I, I, I like that. Okay. And my last question is, um, can you, can you share with us maybe one or two of your, um, the, of your success stories for people that you have mentored? Like, have you, is there a, a great story around mentoring somebody and watching their growth and, and success? I've got another great story that's not related to that, then I'll get into that. Because when I first got into network marketing 35 years ago, the first customer that I sold products to is still in a relationship with me. In fact, she married me. She's 5'7", 120 pounds, and I sold her $750 worth of weight loss products. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so, you the know, gift of the gab, Robert. Yeah. That's I think she's buying me, not the business opportunity, whatever. Um, Story. but stories of people that I that I've mentored. I'm mentoring so many different people at so many different levels. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of what I do now is just focus on mentoring. Um, and um, have I seen tremendous success? Yes. Have I been stabbed in the back? Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just part of it. It's you know, it's unfortunate. It hurts, but. Again, when that happens, it goes back to the saying I said, person's character is like a tea bag. Mm -hmm. so I take a look at that as just the way it is. And another famous saying, you know, we all have different, I don't believe in fa fa failure. See, I don't believe there is any failure. I believe we all, we all have experiences. Experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So the point is when you have an experience, do you does that validate your lack of being successful or do you use it as a stepping stone to yeah. be successful to make sure that you create it it's like what did i learn mm -hmm. you know when i started off i listened to dr robert anthony and he had a book beyond positive thinking and he says we all have certain lessons to learn in life and until we learn those lessons life will continually trip you up and the lesson you're supposed to learn oh wow that's huge i i've never heard of that that man Robert Anthony, Dr. Yeah, beyond Robert. positive thinking, you can, you can go to YouTube and listen to it for free. Oh, cool. And Joe Vitelli did reread his book. That's an edition you want to read. Okay. Well, that's a great place to end because I think that's great advice, actually. And I, um, I think there's a lot to be learned um, by just that statement about learning experiences. And until we, until we learn that experience... Is that, what was it? Say it yeah. again. Life will continually trip you up in the, yes. in the lesson you're supposed to learn. You know, we've yes. all got certain lessons to learn. Yes, I yes. love that. And it doesn't matter how old we are either. We're no. still learning. That's right. Yeah. Well, this has been a delight. Thank you so much. And um, where can my audience find you? 
on LinkedIn, yeah. I'm going to guess. Oh, yeah. They can just go to LinkedIn, Robert Butwin, or mm -hmm. they can send me an email, which is just, just my last name, which is Butwin at Gmail. Just what I always like to say, just remember with Robert, you do nothing but win. win. I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Robert, for your time and for your wisdom. I totally appreciate it. And my audience, thank you for listening again. And uh, please, if you liked what you heard, please leave a review and go and connect with Robert as well and find out more about um, all of the things that he has done and uh, his book, I think, is around still. Yes, Robert, where's... I can send, I can send a free uh, PDF of my book. Awesome. I'm marketing it again. Street, street Smart Networking, that one? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much again. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.